Welcome to our show. Today's guest is Kristen Kiki Lovelace from Berkey, California. She's a yoga studio uh, owner, Pilates and Yoga, and she also is the creator of her own business called The Thriving Studio Owner, which is something she created for yoga studio owners to help them become more successful. And I'm very interested to talk to her today about the common thread in the yoga world as far as self-worth goes and also the taboo of money. Let's bring her in. Welcome to our show, Kiki. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here and so excited to um, answer your questions. I feel like you're going to have amazing thought-provoking questions. So yeah, I'm thrilled to be here. Good. I'm so glad you took time out to do this with us. And um, so I just want to give a little bit of background. You're a yoga Pilates studio owner, and I presented you um, before we came in together as also the developer and business person behind your uh, thriving studio uh, owner program. That's right. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I work with uh, studio owners all over the country. And I actually have a new studio owner I'm working with in Mexico. I've worked with several people in Europe. And uh, yeah, I generally work with Pilates and yoga, some dance and fitness studio owners, and I help them double or triple their revenues while working 20 hours per week or less. Many of my people come to me, you know, just breaking even or just making maybe a couple thousand dollars a month for their take-home pay, but they're working endlessly, like working like easily 50 hours, 60 hours, 70, even 80 or 90 hours a week. And uh, really like just trading so much of their life force for peanuts, you know? Yeah, and yeah. so, and so I help them not only with the strategies that they'll need to grow their studio business, but also we work on a very deep level, which I know we're yeah. going to talk about today on their mindset, their money blockages, you know, their uh, sort of their resistance and uh, struggle with being a leader and uh, and setting boundaries and some of those deeper things that to me make it all so fascinating being a small business owner. It is and it takes um, a lot of experience I think um, coming from this world as well I think that when we have boundaries when we have self-worth a lot of it comes from time we put into um, observing and working on ourselves right? Like so much of it is some, is so much work we've done on ourselves. And then we're like, wow, I figured all this out. And so it's actually, I believe most yoga teachers, most studio owners really are coming from a place of experience. This isn't just concept that they're throwing out there. This is the real deal. This is, this is something that they lived through and are still living through. And one thing I don't think people outside of the yoga studio community realize meaning people that go to yoga classes that go to studios but aren't teachers or studio owners i think they need to know i want to reveal this to them that most studio owners and most teachers are not earning the best living um and they feel guilty when they're paid they have very healing energies they want the best for everybody they're working long hours they're barely making it this is the majority and these are people that want to do good for the world uh, versus somebody working for a big corporation who puts in his time and who gets a great salary and no one even thinks twice about that person. They think he deserves it. Whereas many people might judge a yoga studio owner or judge the, the yoga teacher and think they don't deserve to be paid better or think that it's uh, because it's spiritual that they don't deserve to earn a living 
or maybe they don't think any of those things. And it's the yoga studio owner that actually thinks those things. Do you find yeah, this a common my, thread? Yeah. I mean, in my experience, it's more, it's more coming from us, <laughs> you know, and the more, the more we feel conflicted about making a living doing this thing that we love that is of service to our people and our planet and our communities, but we feel conflicted about ex the exchange of money for that. We attract people who also feel conflicted on that. So, you know, and, and that's an interesting thing, you know, is that we, when we, when we build our businesses based on our shadows and our sort of uncleared blockages and fears, we actually create that reality for ourselves. And so, yeah, I think you're right that, you know, the vast majority of healing entrepreneurs have a lot of struggle with, um, with making money and they might not, maybe might even feel like conflicted, like you just said of, uh, it's like, it's not spiritual to make money or, you know, they don't deserve to make money. Um, I mean, there's, I could list off like 18 million limiting beliefs that, you know, our people in our industry are working with, but yeah, I think this is a huge problem in our industry and part of what keeps us all in so much struggle. Yes, and I would also, do you agree? Like, I also feel like sometimes we think that if we're working at a job that we hate, then we deserve to be paid. And then, so the opposite, like if we really love what we're doing, we feel guilty getting paid, you know? And so, because most yoga teachers are so excited to be teachers and most yoga studio owners, it's like their dream. And then they, they think, wow, this was my dream and I'm working so hard and I love what I'm doing. And then, but why isn't the money flowing? Why am I not able to make it, you know? Oh, uh, it's so hard. Okay. Yes, totally. I'm right there with you, Amy. Like, so I think it's true that many of us who choose this as our, as our vocation, you know, and really are wanting to make a career out of it, that we come into it with the sense of like, I don't even care about the money. I just yeah. want to do something that makes my heart full and that makes my, that feels like an expression of my purpose. And so for the first like year or two, that actually usually can work and you can actually feel good about it. But I find yeah. that many studio owners come to me about a, eight months into studio ownership, three years into studio ownership, some of them even longer, you know, I've been like, I have one studio owner that's had it for 14 or 15 years, but many of them come to me in that zone of like one to three years. And they're like, what in the world? You know, what have I signed up for? Because the truth is when you are giving so much of your, your time, your value, your wisdom, your life force, but yeah. then not getting something in return for it, which money is like one of the exchanges that we work with in our society, it starts to feel out of integrity. And so that's the thing is you start to go, wait a minute, this isn't actually, maybe money is important because this actually feels now out of integrity. Exactly. And what you said makes so much sense. And it's hard for some people to grab that concept of the having that synergy of the exchange. I'm giving and I'm receiving and money's the way I'm going to receive because that's the exchange nowadays, unless someone's going to say, I'm going to drop off some meals for you and your family in exchange. But typically it's not going to be the case. And I feel a lot of teachers, like you said, in the beginning, they think I can do this for, for not much or for free because I'm new at it and I love it and people love what I'm doing. And then at one point, what happens? People want to charge for their classes that they're giving them for free or a studio realizes they need to charge more, but then they feel like, oh, it's too late now because people are used to what I'm already doing. What am I going to do? And because they, it's not because they thought I'm not earning money. It's more of a feeling that 
wow, I'm giving and not receiving. I'm really giving my who I am. Because when you're a studio owner and a teacher, you're, you're like giving your person out there. There's not really a difference. The way you live and run your studio, like that's together. And so you're like, it's almost a feeling of self-betrayal, I feel like, because you're thinking, why am I doing this to myself? Because, right? And when you're talking to people that have come to that feeling like, wow, it's coming to the point where I don't feel good about this anymore. Like I want to keep teaching. I want to run my studio. I want to, but how do I make a living off it? And how do I get that exchange where I feel val valuable? And that's exactly when people come to me, Yeah. <laughs> when they start looking for a business mentor, because they're like, listen, it's time for me to S or get off the pot. You know, it's like either I take myself seriously as a small business owner and actually come into a different relationship with money and with my business so that it can be, uh, can pay me a salary and be profitable, or it's time for me to do something else because this is just intolerable, you know? And so I want to address that, like, this is exactly what I usher people through is like when they have this realization, oh shit, I've been undercharging for all these years. And then they, and then all the fears come up. So that's, yeah. that's what I see happening is like, and they're so scared. And that's how I just like midwife them through that piece of fear. Because if you build your business from fear, you're never going to get your dream business that you want. Yeah. You know, you know no, so no, name no. some of those things, name some of the things um, that are fear-based decisions from a yoga studio owner's perspective, things, you know, they've done based on fear. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, the biggest one that you just brought up that I, that is coming to me right now is like, if I raise my prices, will they all leave? Like that, that's like the biggest one is like, oh my God, now I can't go back. I, I, I put them to this and now I can't, I can't, I'm just frozen. I have to keep it here. And I swear to God, I work with studio owners who have not raised their rates in like four years or like sometimes even more, you know? And, uh, and so that's one big one is like, if I, if I raise my rates, will they all leave? You know, another fear that I see coming up for people is like, what, what will people think of me if I'm making, if I'm actually making this profitable, you know, will they think I'm not spiritual? Will they think I'm, you know, being selfish? Um, you know, will they think that I'm only, that I'm only in this for the money? You know, that's another big fear that, that a lot of my people have. Um, How oh do gosh. you work for I, those things though? Because... So for example, um, I don't want to raise my prices because I'm afraid my students will stop coming or they'll think like, oh, she just wants to make, make money off us now. And so we're, we're out of here. Um, or like, how do you get people to get through that when it's just, someone could say to you, if you're dealing with that, someone could say, oh, well, you deserve to be, to make more. But if they don't feel that, then it doesn't change anything, right? So how do you get them to like feel it in themselves to that, get to that point where they really feel viscerally like, yes, I'm worth more. I have no option. Like I have to raise my prices and I, it has nothing to do with how people see me or don't see me. This is something I have to do now. I feel it in my body. Like how do you get them to that point? That is such an awesome question. I love it. So, because you're right, it's like, it's not just, you know, one of my recent, one of my mentees was recently asking me like, Kiki, do you work with like money mantras? Like a, di you know, like a different frame. And I was like, yes and no. Like, it's not enough to just change the words in your mind. Like, and that's usually maybe the entryway is like, oh, I'm telling myself this lie and this delusion. Let me change the words to be more aligned with the truth of like, 
who I want to be and, and really the truth of my higher self. But that's not just it. So what you're asking about is how do you change it on a cellular level where you actually like do, you know, like a, like a belief surgery and like take out the, the, the sick belief and then insert a new one. That's actually like the true belief and the belief that aligns with your higher self. And so I do that with my mentees on many, many different levels. And then depending on, you know, what level they're working with me in my program. So one of the things that we do, you know, from the very day one of my entry level program, which is a 12 week program, we work on mindset. And so my mentees graduate after 12 weeks with a sense that they need to work on their mindset and their inner dialogue every single day in order to meet their goals for their life. And you know, my people's goals are not just about financial freedom, although that is a big piece of it. A lot of most, almost all of my mentees are really wanting more time freedom. They really want like more quality time with their families. They want more time for their own spirituality. They want more time for their own health and wellness. Yeah. You know, they want more, they just want to feel like more creative and intuitive. So my people come to me with not only financial goals, but also I would say like time freedom and, you know, what I call nervous system freedom goals. And so, and so, yeah, so we work on mindset every single day from the very beginning. In fact, the first three weeks, I give them act, like strategies and we do, we do, we redo their pricing menu and we do all kinds of things. We do a cash infusion. So I'm having them do like physical things to relate to and get their hands on, you know, money, but also we are working on this deep level of yeah. like rewiring their, their mindset and beliefs. But then later I do find that, you know, in my graduate level programs, I have a couple programs that I invite some of my graduates to work with me and I work more in one-on-ones in those programs. And in those one-on-ones, we do energy clearings because I find that if we don't get to the body root of like where the belief is and what it's connected to, and we, we, we have to like do breathing and energy work to move it out, then we can just talk ourselves through a new belief, but it never really lands in their self tissue. And then they continue to self-sabotage. Yeah. And that makes so much sense because just from my own personal experiences, I mean, I'm someone that's dealt with figuring out boundaries. Right. And so you have people that say, well, just say no. You're like, that's not enough for me. I said no. And I just didn't feel it. And that person subconsciously knows, and they're still going to try to get in and it's not, it's not hundred percent me yet. Why not? You know? And I just think like what you said, you have to do the, go deeper. And would, would you be willing without naming this person? Would you be willing to talk about somebody uh, that you helped with going more on a cellular level um, with some deep rooted beliefs they had, what those beliefs were and how you helped them? Would you feel comfortable sharing that without giving their information? Yeah. Right? I mean, I'm just trying to think of like, there's so many people, it's hard to even think about like one person in particular. Um, But, uh, but yeah, like one person that's coming up for me right now, we, we just had a call the other day and as we were, okay, as we were talking about her, I had, I had my, my masterminders who are these people that they've, they're already graduates of my program. They're now working with me in a year long mentorship. And we're working on some bigger goals, like going for like a hundred K plus salary as a studio owner. And so, you know, with all of us being in this like COVID no man's land right now, where, you know, most of us haven't reopened yet and we're not sure when that's going to happen, you know? And so 
I had them do a writing exercise about their, like if their life was unlimited, what would it look like? Let's, let's paint the picture of the new dream. Cause all of us are, are in this kind of dreaming visioning moment yeah. right now. Yeah. Like what is the new dream? Because the old dream, by the way, just retired like two months yeah, ago, like, <laughs> no going back to that. So we all need to now create a new dream. Right. And there's actually a lot of potential right now I'm finding in my own studio business and in the mentees I'm working with who are seeing this as, as a place of potential is like, wow, this online arena is much easier to scale. You know, like we have a class that we're running tomorrow that has 99 humans signed up for it. Like I've awesome. never taught 99 humans in my <laughs> brick and mortar studio. Like this, we, we can't even fit more than 40. You know? yeah. So, so there's a lot of potential here, you know? So anyway, so I was having her do this exercise and she she said, as she was telling me what came out of the exercise, well, I wrote down this figure that I want to make $75,000 a year. And when she told me it, she's like, but I know that seems a little low. And she kind of kept going into the other things she wanted for her life. And I was like, can we go back to that, yeah. please? And so we went back to it. And after, you know, I asked her a bunch of questions about it and finally got her to say the words, I want to make $250,000 a year. And she was like, <gasps> when she said it, she just, you know, all of her contractions around that came up. And so I'll tell you that the piece that came up for her, the pieces that came up for her that were the most evocative, I felt, were about gender. They were about like, being a woman, you know, and being, you know, it, it, her relationships with her father and her her um, and her brothers and her mother and just like what it would mean for her to be the one in the family who's making that kind of income and and so and making and so more than the others is that part of oh it? yeah making a lot more than the others you yeah. know and being the successful one and and so we had this amazing conversation and sort of unraveled some of those threads. Um, and I asked her to set up another one-on-one, you know, we were on a, we were on a group coaching call and I was like, let's do a one-on-one in this. Cause we need to go deeper and feel for some of these threads and where do they live in your cell tissue? And so, yeah, I do, I do an energy clearing with them. You know, I'm also a forest yoga mentor, guardian teacher. And so I have a lot of skills in my back pocket around working with emotional energy in the physical body. And, um, I do find that a lot of my people's blockages are not even theirs. They're like something they inherited from their mom or dad, or even from an ancestor way in the past. You know, we do timeline work in my, in my clearings. Sometimes it's a past life thing. And so we just go in and we do a process and we sort of like look at it from some different angles and clear it. And, um, and I find that for me personally, as a, as a healing entrepreneur, I have to continually do this clearing work myself. It's like every time I'm reaching a new level, not only financially, but also of like allowing for more freedom and joy in my life, yeah. you know, and in my relationships that I always have a limiting belief that comes up or like 18 of them that come up. And like I, my new, my new uh, relationship with it in the last few years is like, oh, great. Here's another one I get to clear, you know, like, great. Yeah. This one's coming up to kind of like tell, you know, keep me small. It's like, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not playing that game anymore. Yeah. I get to clear this. And I want to go back to the clearing because for people out there, like it's super familiar for me as well, because I'm part of that community and have actually healed a lot from doing those, those type of things with people. 
and I always feel like I'm doing it with somebody who I trust immensely. And um, just to, to make it feel more grounded for people out there that have ne maybe never done yoga, maybe who have no idea what we're talking about, um, how would you explain the energy clearing in a way that makes sense for people out there that are like, what is she talking about? <laughs> totally. I mean, the first thing I'll say is that all of our patterns are woven into our breath. And so if you want to change a pattern, whether it's a physical pattern or an emotional pattern or like a thought pattern, then you have to start with your breathing. Now I want to take a deep breath. Yeah, me too. Like so, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. And so, and the great thing for me about working with other you know, yoga teachers, yoga studio owners, is they all know that already. So all of my people are like magical transformers. They already, already know somewhat how to do these pieces. And so that's why it's so fun for me to just get in there really quickly with them. But you know, if, if I were talking to a beginner about these pieces, I probably wouldn't tell them about the past life pieces and about the ancestral pieces, but I would just say, well, you're probably, you're holding this energy in your neck and shoulders, like your neck, your ne you keep telling me about this like block in your neck or this knot in your neck, let's go for the knot. And so working on the level, you know, of breath and physical feeling is yeah. the first like layer of learning how to become a transformer and learning how to transform energy. And I, I love working with that layer of breath and physical feeling, you know, yeah. and, and transforming the body. And that, but the thing is, as you keep working on that layer, you start to realize, oh, my body is a lot more magical and mysterious than I first realized. It's holding my memories. It's holding emotions. It's holding, it's holding the mystery of my life force and aliveness and my soul purpose you know, it's holding, and then, you know, it goes from there. It's holding like my ancestral DNA. It's holding my past lives. You know, I mean, you could just like keep going deeper and deeper, you know? Yeah. So, What's but, so great yeah. about that? Yeah. Like is what you're saying is you, you're going to feel it in your body somewhere. And then if somebody's never really taken the time, especially people that kind of are, don't really associate, they don't have that connection between their cerebral brain going on in their body. They're, they're more like office workers and maybe they don't do any sports and they used to, but now they don't. And it's true. All you need to do is just start with that, with your breath and feeling things in your body and realizing maybe even just one or two discussions with you talking about, oh, I sense you always have this tension in your left shoulder. And then that person during the day starts re realizing, oh, I'm holding my shoulder like this. And then all of that process just starts becoming more connected to your, to your body and your sensations, you know? And um, I have one like story that I think can maybe ground what you're saying a little a little further is so i was going through an experience that i thought was dramatic and traumatic and i called this one person who help, always helps me and um i was just like wow i feel like i'm always in that triangle of trying to create harmony between two people i feel like i'm always doing that and um she just calmed me down and was like i just need you to close your eyes and start breathing and tell me what you're feeling in your body and I'm like, well, my throat, my heart. And, and then she just started asking me questions and she's like, well, were you named after somebody? You know, your name? And I'm like, yeah, I was named after my grandfather. And then she said, what kind of person was he? And then it just hit me like everywhere, my heart, my stomach, my throat, like that's, that was his role. 
always creating the harmony between two people in his family. And so she's like, I think that you made a pact or contract or somehow you've inherited that without anyone ever telling you or implying that it's just something that was passed down. And how do you feel about that? And I was like, yes. And she said, well, are you ready to let go of that? And I was like, I don't know. I feel obligated to do that, you know? And so it just started from that. And just for me becoming aware, like I'm the harmony keeper and it's stressful and it's draining. And I don't want, I don't want to do that if I don't have to. And so she just kind of helped me realize that like, you can realize you can still have that, you know, you can decide. You don't need to feel obligated Maybe you just need to work on feeling like I can be that harmony person between two people or whatever, but I'm going to decide it's not going to be an obligation anymore. And I don't know, that was so freeing for her to help me go through that. And I thought if I share this with people, well, they think it's really weird, but then I felt like it's not that weird, really. I mean, it's some, I mean, I'm sure you can go back way further and sometimes people will go through generations and stuff. This happened to be not that far. Um, but I just felt that it wasn't weird. You know what I mean? Like it just felt like it was helpful and it just was a huge moment for me, you know? And I just think like, I imagine that these are the type of things that you are doing with people on an individual basis on all these different levels. And when they're ready, then they go deeper. And then when they're ready, they go deeper. Right. Of course. You know, and like, I love how you just described that, like really the first step, to healing. And one of my first teachers, my Pilates mentor used to say this is like the first and really only prerequisite prerequisite to change is awareness, just becoming aware of what is. And so it starts from that awareness. And I love that this, you know, this person that you worked with uh, sort of guided you to become more aware of it, asked you questions. You know, I always feel like for me as a healer, my role is just to ask the right questions and to follow the lead of my mentee. You know, like my mentee knows all the effing answers, you know, their wiser self, their higher self knows all the answers. And so it's my job to be a guide and a midwife yes. of sorts and just show them like, you know, or sometimes I think of myself as, and I do this with my hands sometimes, like reflecting a mirror back to them is like, listen, this is what you just said. Hear what you just said. Or like, wow, you just sparkled up when you talked about that. Can we like pause there for a second? Cause that seems like something we should look deeper at, you know? So I, I feel like, yeah, it's my job to follow their lead and allow them to learn better how to trust their own wisdom and trust their own that's, intuition. And yeah, yeah. That, that's actually really key as an, as an entrepreneur. Like you have to, you have to have a, a really deep sense of self-trust in order to do this. Cause it's not easy. I mean, you know, cause you, you know, you used to have a studio yourself. Like it's, it's not an easy life. So you have to have an incredible sense of self-trust and uh, intuition, willingness to follow your intuition. And I feel a lot of us who are more yogis, you know, we may be more comfortable in the intuition land, but there's also like straight up strategy, like business strategy that you need to learn and master in order to monetize any small business, you know? And so I love, you know, I always think of myself when I call myself an edge walker. It's like, I, this is my spiritual gift. I move really easily between the worlds of material world, motherhood, small business ownership, paying the bills. Like I can do those things. 
And also I absolutely am in dialogue with spirit all day long. And so this is what I do in my programs is I weave between the worlds of strategy and soul. And I teach my mentees how to do that too, because honestly, they're naturally quite good at it. It's just, they've like forgotten who they were. Yeah. It's great that you express yourself that way as the guide and as like the midwife and being comfortable and knowing your own strengths, because you're basically just, instead of talking about who you are, you're showing them like, it's, it's an example of your actions and that's so important. And the other thing is some, sometimes people want somebody else to tell them the answers. And yes. so if, if you're somebody who, who might, who doesn't know yourself or who doesn't love yourself or who doesn't believe you have self-worth, but you're in a type of powerful role, you can kind of feed your soul from that person and say, yeah, I know what you need. I see you and I, I'm going to give you what you want. And I have the answers and take over that guru role which we see a lot in the yoga community and we see in every profession, actually. I mean, you can see it with doctors and, and patients and giving away power to somebody because you think they have more. And I think that what we need, whether we're yoga studio owners or working in a restaurant, or we need to have that belief that if we find uh, somebody, if we need help, we need a coach, we need a guide that we still have to um, really know that we do have answers. And if we find someone good to help us, they will help us really get in tune and trust that we have that wisdom and go with our own intuition and what we know. And guides are so important. And I also wanted to say, it seems kind of trendy today. I, I see a lot of people posting stuff like, I'm an empath or I'm this. And it's like, I, I personally believe that we all have that ability. We all have the ability to be an empath or to be a healer or to be very sensitive. Mm -hmm. But I think our world likes to categorize people and people like to identify with things and be like, well, I'm a, I'm a empath and I really need alone time because I'm hyper sensitive and I get overstimulated. It's like, yeah, but all of us can be like that. You're like that. And it's great. Like stay like that. Right. But there's people out there that have those abilities and they're just closed. Right. Because they decided to disconnect from feelings. They've decided to disconnect with any belief that there is something out there besides what science proves or what they see or what society tells them is success or whatever. But I really feel like we all have that ability if we just do the, the work uh, to, be, to be guides, to be healers. And I also feel we all have our own gifts. So not all of us want to be uh, guides because that might not be our strength. So for like you said, for you, like, you know, that's, that's who you are. You're a guide, you're a leader, you're an entrepreneur, you're a mother, you know, like you have all these things and you're like, this is who I am. These are my gifts. And that's my role. And it's super clear and natural. And I feel like that's all we want, right. Is to find that in ourselves. Like what are my gifts and what are, what is my role and how can I lead that and feel like this is a hundred percent who I am and I'm going to be it. I don't need to compare myself to somebody else. Like you don't need a studio owner to say, to, to have to be you afterwards. You know what I mean? Like they don't need to say, Oh, I want to be like Kiki after that. Like I want to heal people. I want to guide people. Like maybe they do want to, but they shouldn't think that that's their recipe. Cause I feel like you're there to show them that they have to find their own recipe for what they have to give the world. Right. Heck yeah. Like I actually, for me, it's a real red flag when I'm talking to a prospect and they, I sense that they are either looking for someone to fix them 
or fix their business or they're looking for someone to do it all for them. Like I always am just like, Oh, I'm not your coach. Like that's not my style. You know, like I, I've worked honestly in my own healing journey so much to heal my codependent stuff. Yeah. And so I don't participate in that anymore. It's like, no, that's not what I'm here for. I love teaching. I love sharing my knowledge and my wisdom, but I also will not do the work for you. I will give it back to you. If you try to give it back, if you try yeah. to give it to me, I'll be like, no, this is on you. I've already built two yeah. multi six figure businesses. I already know how to do that. Like I'm teaching you how to do this for yourself. And like you said, there's no recipe. If there was a straight up recipe you could follow to build a healing business that was extremely lucrative and that gave you time freedom, we would all already have done it. We, you know, like, and so it's true. It's like, we, we all have our own timeline. We all have our own process. You know, I do find that the, the small business owners who actually make it are just extremely persistent. Like they just, they just decide, oh no, I'm going to keep going until I figure this out. You know, yeah. I'll just keep going until I figured it out and I'll take as long as it takes. I'll spend as much as it takes and I'll just keep going. And like, you know, that's another piece that I teach with, uh, with my people is like entrepreneur mindset. Like, you know, it's not about getting it right the first time. So we're going to have to work with all those perfectionist rackets and like move them over to the side Yeah, because, you know, we call it failing forward is like, that's the key as a small business owner is you got to keep failing forward. You know, you just got to keep like making mistakes, cleaning them up, doing the version 2.0 or the version 9.0 and just like yeah. keep going until you master the skill. Yeah. What's, what I, what's amazing about that is you're really holding people responsible for what they do, whether it's success or failure, it doesn't matter. They have to be you know, really willing to do that work. And the other thing that's interesting is, yes, most all entrepreneurs do have that persistence and lots of them. Yeah. They have that persistence, but if they don't have the right guy, they might be persistent, being persistent in the wrong way. Right. Like, I mean, I think of myself and I remember working, I, I, I play piano. I have a teacher and I just remember working on a really hard piece that was way above my level. I was on the brink of going insane because I was so hard on myself. Like I would literally sit on the couch and cry sometimes like I'm never going to get it. And then I'd go see her and I'd be like, but I re I repeated this specific measure at least 15 times. I should have it by now. I'm working so hard. And she's like, well, obviously the way you're working is not working. And I was like, that is, yeah. such a I was like, she's right. And because I was just so like, I got to move forward. But as soon as she said that, she's like, why don't we try it this way? I was like, yeah, let's try it a different way. But I couldn't figure that out on my own. Don't ask me why. My mom says I'm a straight line thinker. So maybe that has, maybe she's right. But sometimes you need that outside person to be like, okay, you've got what it takes, but let's just move it a different way because you're not getting anywhere. Yes, I love that. I mean, I really firmly believe in mentorship. Like I've always, and I've had, I just, I'm so grateful for my life. I've had the blessings of, amazing movement and spiritual mentors and business mentors. And I, I've consciously sought those out too. You know, I came from a place, you know, as a young person where I totally got in a groove of like, I need to do it all myself, you know, and like, I'm the only one I can rely on like yeah. many of us, you know, and then as I started on my spiritual journey, 
of healing from an eating disorder, you know, an emotionally abusive relationship. I mean, just being effing miserable when I was in my early twenties, I realized like I need a mentor to be able to, to, to help me in that exactly what you described is like, I'm working so hard. Maybe working so hard isn't the answer. Maybe there's a different way to work. And I just feel like, so for me personally, I'm, I'm so committed to having, you know, and, and hiring my own mentors and working with mentors that challenge me in a million different ways. And that, um, and that bless my life with inspiration and accountability and kind of like what you described, like just freedom techniques, like in a split second, that teacher just gave you all this freedom around your learning process. I just love that piece of mentorship. It's so magical. Yeah, I would say I've always, I mean, it's so important to me also to have mentors or teachers in my life. I always have. It's just as soon, even like we just moved here, you know, six months ago. And that's like the first thing I do, like look for my piano teacher, look for my yoga studio. You know, it's like, I like to have those type of people that are helping me grow, you know? And I, sometimes I think like these type of people that are, all, we're always wanting to grow and do better or whatever, but does it, don't you think it's exhausting sometimes? <laughs> like, <laughs> um, you know, I, I feel for me, I, it's been, I've had to learn how to, you know, we call it in forest yoga, uptake the sweetness. Yeah. And I've had to learn how to pace myself and like give myself this proper space and time to integrate learnings. Um, And so I don't really mentor hop. Like that's not my style of like doing the next thing all the time and like always wanting to take the next training. Like I really like to sink in and like, really just savor all there is to offer, you know? And so, so I think I've learned how to pace myself, um, and, and trust myself in that way. But I, I do think, yeah, I think the main tendency that you're highlighting right now that is just woven into our Western society is, uh, is that kind of feeling of busyness and, you know, always the next, you know, consumption, like consuming the next piece of information, consuming the next piece of healing, you know? And, um, and so I'm just, you know, ultimately what it boils down to is I'm so freaking grateful for my yoga practice, which teaches me every day to slow down and, and breathe and feel and, uh, process and digest and integrate. Yeah, I feel the same way. I just feel like even though I don't, I I was just thinking about it today. It's like, I really feel that I've exited the the yoga world, but I still have my own practice. And I was thinking that's so great because it's such a, it's such a private thing. It's such an intimate thing where Mm. I can figure, figure out like, how am I breathing today? And how do I feel strong today? Or do I feel like weak? Or do I feel like I can't concentrate? And how can I just get, get all this to somehow re you know, find that harmony again so that I can start my day and know I'm somewhat grounded or also accept that, well, I'm not very grounded today. You know what I mean? Like you just kind of accept how you are. And I like the part about the Western society being all about consuming and the next, what's the next task? What's the next task? You know, like, because I think that um, we didn't talk about it and we, we won't have time today, but going into the COVID um, mood, of people having to accept to only live in the moment now you can't plan what's going to happen in a month really and so i think that's so interesting for us in our in our society today to be like well all i can do is basically plan what i'm doing today and i'm okay with that because that's reality like i don't 
I can't, there's no possibility to be like, oh, I'm going to go visit my friend in July. And so um, I think that's really, really helping, hopefully helping. A lot of people are slowing down and reevaluating, looking at things, deciding like, yeah, this is, maybe people are finding, like you said, you, everyone has their own natural rhythm and you have to decide like, okay, I did these things. Now I need time to integrate it. You know, maybe everyone's, we have that potential with COVID to actually really tune into our natural rhythm and not the one society puts on us, you know, mm -hmm. have that freedom. We have that freedom right now. Right. Some of us. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think we're, I like, I try to keep in mind that like, we're all having a different experience here, you know, like yeah. there's some people that feel that they've had time to slow down. You know, I know many people in my, in my audience and my studio owner audience have been working their butts off ever <laughs> yeah. since this ended, you know, yeah. like, like more so than they have in years, yeah. you know? And I know, I know for me, like I, you know, I'm, I'm fitting into like a probably 28 hour, maybe 24 hour work week, like running my two companies, you know, and then homeschooling starting yeah, at like 2.30 or 3.30 in the afternoon, you know? So yeah, I just, but I do, I agree with you that there's a, this space, this in-between space we're all in is very interesting. It's very rich. There's so much potential. And, uh, and there's a lot of us, I think, that are just really re-examining our lives and like really deciding, you know, like I was saying earlier on, what is the new dream? You know, what is the new, what's the new vision of how my life could look and, and what I want to do with my time? Where do I want to live? Like, you know, and, um, and so I've been finding that my work with my studio owners in the last couple months is just feeling really different. And, yeah. uh, you know, a lot of them are considering having sort of a hybrid business model of like online and in person. Some of them are actually starting to go, you know, maybe I'm going to let go of the lease and just go into like online, yeah. you know? And so I feel that our industry has been changed forever by this situation. There's no going back. And, um, you know, I'm just very grateful for all my years of experience in, and being a mentor with my business mentors, because I feel that I'm like well prepared to just pivot and just go, all right, that's not going to work anymore. Let's do something different, you know? And so that's, I'm finding what I'm helping a lot of my studio owners with is like, what is the new dream, you know? And how does that, it's not just about what's going to work for everyone else. It's like, what's going to work for you that you feel aligned with in your soul that you can feel excited to yeah. wake up to. It's an exciting time yeah. for a lot of your, a lot yeah. of your mentees. It's like, this is a great, can be an extremely powerful time for them and for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking time to talk about all these subjects. Maybe we'll do another interview on something else uh, at one point in time, who knows, but um, thank you so much. And for our viewers out there, this will be on my website at one point with a link if you'd like to your website. So if people want to contact you, want more information, they can do that. And I hope to talk to you again soon. Thank you, Amy. It's been such a pleasure. I appreciate it. Thank you so much.